Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. and long-time voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. Uh, Frank, as this game, and we are recording this just minutes after the Bucks lose game one, 116 to 113 to the Hawks at 5-7-4, and they trail 1-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals. And Frank, as this game was finishing up, I couldn't help but think of that meme. I, I think it's from GTA, where the, the guy's like, ah, shit, here we go again. And that's kind of what I was thinking because the Bucks were playing from behind the entire second round series. They start this way for all the talk of home court advantage. It's gone after one game. And this was really frustrating. I think that there's an interesting conversation to have about the lineups and what we saw as this game transpired. But ultimately, I spoke the other day about the fact that the Hawks, firstly, should be respected. This is not going to be an easy series, and this is one team that you cannot let get a sniff in a game, which is what the Bucks did in the first half. It felt very self-inflicted. But the second part of it, Trey Young is a genius. He had 48 points. We just got through a series where we had to watch Kevin Durant and his brilliance, and we saw it again with Trey Young. This is a tough loss to swallow, I think, if you're a Bucks fan. Frank, I, I don't know where you want to start here. But it's disappointing. It's disappointing. This, this is a game that it felt like even at the end that you feel like you should have won. You should have just taken care of business against this Atlanta Hawks team. Yeah, I was hoping I wouldn't have to break out of Never Trust the Bucks after game one of, <laughs> of the series, but, um, but it, it felt, felt appropriate. I mean, Bucks led 105-98, you know, with what, what, three, four minutes left in this game or something like that. So, I mean, they had the game in their hands and, and they just squandered it. And, um, you know, I think the you look at the box score, the frustrating part is uh, Drew Holiday breaking out of his playoff, well, series, second round series funk in a big time way with 33 points on 14 out of 25 from the field, 10 assists. Um, and obviously he was having to work really hard, but apparently not hard enough against Trey Young. Um, and Giannis, really not a great night offensively from him, but um, they just started to get him going. Uh, I don't know how many alley-oops he had uh, in the second half, but it felt like when, especially on ATOs, um, we'll, we'll get into Mike Budenholzer in a minute. I'll, I'll start with the one positive thing, which is off, off ATOs, they seemed like they could get Giannis downhill yeah. lobs um, out of pick and roll pretty much every time. Um, he ends up with 34 uh, on, and 12 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks uh, in 41 minutes. Um, so those were kind of the two, two highlight guys. I mean, I think Bobby Portis gave you some good minutes. Um, mainly in the first half, 11 points on eight shots, um, ducked. I, I don't, I'm curious how many of his 15 minutes were with, um, were with Trey Young on the floor because uh, certainly there were minutes where he was out there without uh, Lopez or, or Giannis. And um, I think in the second half, the, the, uh, the uh, Hawks made a, made a bit of a run there and it was just like, okay, that was cute. Um, get Giannis the hell back out there. 
<laughs> out there because it just felt like defensively in particular, they just didn't have anything um, without Giannis uh, on the floor. So, um, yeah, I mean, just once again, the three-point shooting was, you know, abysmal. Um, eight out of 36. I mean, it's the same thing every game one. And unfortunately, most games two, three, four, <laughs> five, six as well, they just – this team just has not shot it at all in the, in the postseason. They luck out. I mean, Atlanta has also shot poorly in the playoffs. They shoot eight out of 32. Uh, and, you know, nobody other than Trey hit more than one three. And Trey, Trey was four out of 13. I mean, he was just – he finished one out of nine to close the game. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't making shots in the fourth quarter, but he was drawing fouls. And when the Bucks went small, um, you know, the story of this game, I think, will be the way that Trey was able to get downhill and just hit floater after floater and get things going. Um, against Brooke Lopez in the drop. And in the fourth quarter, uh, he started missing a bunch of jump shots, but he still drew some, you know, conned his way to the foul line a few times, which we knew the Bucks have to be wary of. And Bucks couldn't get any offensive, couldn't get any defensive rebounds. They went small. And especially, you know, when you have Giannis or, or one of the Bucks' bigger players switching out on Trey, then that means you've got active guys, active bodies, whether it's Capella or near the basket and it just felt like Buck could never get rebounds when they were getting stops. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that's obviously going to be, you know, what do you do against Trey young? I mean, that, that, that was the question coming into the series and that will certainly be the question coming out of game one because um, they tried to do some switching early. Didn't really work. We're mainly going drop and, you know, Brooke Lopez only played 20 minutes was a minus 14. And I think that tells you how well the, <laughs> the zone drop worked because they they really abused Brooke and and he was dropping way too far back I think and you know it seemed like he was playing trying to prevent lobs more than preventing Trey Young from getting short very makeable uh, runners and and he really punished them there and then uh, in the fourth quarter you know really just timely buckets and just grinding stuff out the Hawks were just better at it than the Bucks you know even though the Bucks started to get a bunch of um, those those rim runs from Giannis to go down and, and Holiday continued to hit some shots. Um, you know, Chris Middleton was brutal. And I mean, unfortunately, him missing a, a potential game tying three uh, in the final seconds was the fitting way for this game to end where the Bucks don't shoot well. And Chris is 0 for 9 from three, six out of 23 overall, and just not good enough. I mean, we, we always give Chris credit when he's great. Um, and you know, on a night where Giannis and Drew Holiday both go 14 out of 25 combined for 67, you know, easy to look at Chris and just say, well, if, if the guy just makes some shots, you win this game. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Chris couldn't make shots and that kind of held the, the offense down a little bit. And obviously defensively, they've got a heck of a lot of things to think about with, uh, with the way that they were uh, toyed with, with by, uh, by Trey. I feel like the timing of this is always a little bit off. I think last time we had to do the Michelob Ultra moment of the week, we went with Mamadi Diakite clotheslining a Brooklyn Nets player, and now it's come off. Turn the series around. Well, that's true. Maybe this is the good this is the good luck we need, but it is time for the Michelob Ultra moment of the week. Have you got anything from tonight's game? Perhaps you can go back to game seven. I can't think of anything I'm drawing from tonight. I got I I got nothing. I mean, you lost, so no, there's nothing to. Let's go to the there's game. No, there's let's nothing to game from seven tonight. celebration. Okay, let's, let's go back. That's the Michelob Ultra moment of the week. The Bucks won Game Seven on the road. That was fun. Uh, we'll always remember that game with Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only two point six carbs and ninety five calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game; it's the whole game. Hopefully, 
the Bucks will be able to uh, get some more enjoyment back in their basketball in Game 2. But that Game 7, the celebrations, that's the Michelob Ultra moment of the week. Today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. You mentioned the offensive rebounding and overall, I mean, the Bucks did a pretty good job on the offensive glass over the, the bulk of the four quarters. And if you look at the box score, offensive rebounding 12 each, uh, second chance points, uh, the Hawks 17 to the Bucks 16. So it's not like they got destroyed, but there's no doubt when the Bucks went small in the fourth quarter, Brooke Lopez only played 12 seconds in the fourth quarter. So Milwaukee really lent into the small ball lineup. And I saw a lot of tweets. Why is Pat Connaughton out on the floor? Obviously, he had that brutal air ball as well late there in the fourth quarter. But that's been the small ball lineup. I mean, that, that's what they've gone with. Giannis, PJ Tucker, uh, Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton. That's the group they've gone with. And I think on the perimeter, you know, they had pretty good success with Trey Young. You mentioned the fact that he was one for nine to finish there. To me, the backbreaker, the real backbreaking moment when I was like, oh boy, I'm not sure that this is, this is going to go well was with 1.40 to play in the game. John Collins hits a three from the corner. It was on the Hawks' third attempt yeah. <laughs> on the possession. So they got a, a Trey Young miss. And, and let's be honest, I mean, Trey Young was just chucking at that point. I mean, they, yeah. he, he, the, the funny thing about this, and I'm sort of all over the shop here with my thoughts, but that John Collins three on the third opportunity hurt. But the thing with Trey Young, and the reason why I like the small ball lineup, and it's going to be fascinating to see what Bud does from the start moving forward here, was that anytime he had Giannis on him, and we spoke, and I was with Marcus Johnson on yesterday's pod, and we spoke about the Hawks running a lot of those double screens, those double stagger screens. And rather than having Brooke Lopez as the guy that, that ends up on Trey Young defending him or whoever the guard is with the ball in his hands, it was Giannis. And Trey really didn't want to attack Giannis. He was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to shoot the three. Now, of course, he got bailed out on that foul call where he'd shot the ball and... Uh, I don't know, had time to, to tie both shoelaces, stood up and then got a, a little finger to the to the mouth and, and got three foul shots. And we can complain about that foul call all we want. But I think they definitely found some success there. But I spoke about the offensive rebounds being certainly something to watch uh, in this series prior to uh, game one because Capella's kind of a traditional big man. He'll grab those those big rebounds and he'll just be a big body there. But John Collins, I mean, he is... He is a highlight machine, this guy, with the way that he rebounds the ball, the way he attacks the glass and puts, puts those uh, put-back dunks back in there. So uh, it's just a fascinating storyline to watch now where the Bucks, you feel like the small ball lineup provided them with the most success. Brook Lopez certainly looked like a fish out of water on the floor, but now it's like, okay, but they probably lost the game because they weren't able to secure rebounds. I saw a lot of it that said, well, it was just effort. I don't think that the Bucks started this game playing with the intensity you would expect from the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, we always throw out the term playing with your food. It certainly felt like the Bucks were playing with their food th- through the first half, and then they found out that they were in big trouble. But the other talking point, while we're talking about rotations, while we're talking about lineups, Jeff Teague, Frank. I mean, I, I, I just I thought we went through the Jeff Teague experience in Game 1 against Brooklyn, and when Trey Young was off the floor and Teague was out there, I'm like, fine, you know, whatever. This is, I, I don't see why he's on the floor, but it's also like, 
it's not going to kill you in these minutes. But when Trey Young came back on the floor, I saw Bud immediately signal for Drew Holiday. And I was like, okay, nice, nice, nice move, Bud. That's, that's good stuff. It's good to see you've learned. And then when the ca- camera panned back to the floor, Jeff Teague was guarding Trey Young. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, why is this happening? And Trey Young scored eight points in the space of about 60 seconds. And our friend from Locked On Hawks, Brad Rowland, tweeted this out. And he said, listen, Trey Young's having a great first half, but that was the stretch where Trey Young went from looking like he could be about to get hot to turning into an absolute scorching hot flamethrower of a human. It's just, people will point to that and say there were so many other things that, that hurt you and, and Trey Young is a genius, so he's going to get those shots. But even allowing that to happen is just mind-boggling. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's sort of how you lose these games on the margins, right? By by trying to steal a little bit more time for Drew Holiday. Who, I mean, Drew played 42 minutes tonight. So it's not like Drew's, Drew played more than, than traded tonight. He played 41 minutes. Um, and, you know, I mean, with no, I mean, Bucks are actually plus one in Teague's six minutes. So it's not like they got obliterated with Teague on the floor. But if you just get him off or you just don't play him at all, then, you know, you avoid Trey seeming to get off. Now, I would say this as well. I mean, Drew defensively, I was not, I would say, blown away by Drew defensively. Yeah, I mean, great, yeah. like, like the the play where, where the, probably the highlight of the game where where Trey, um, you know, ends up getting so wide open that he like does a little shoulder shimmy and hits a three. Drew just like basically got juked and then quit. <laughs> he quit on the play. Like, you know, literally Trey was looking over at him, had I don't know, like four seconds to wind up and, yeah. and drill an open three and. Um, I forget who it was. He had, he got Solomon Hill blew by him for a dunk at one point. Well, I don't know if that was in the fourth I mean, that quarter. Play, or that play, he literally um, didn't. He he like he didn't think that that was even a possibility. I mean, when it, when when you say it's a blow by, like it, obviously it was, but it was very clear that Holiday was like Solomon Hill's not going to take this to the basket, and then it yeah. was just kind of embarrassing the way that it played out. Yeah. So um, you know, and and again, like by and large, I mean, obviously, I'm still going to take Drew's defense. Um, you know, night, night tonight. Uh, but it's just you know, this is the problem, right? I mean, in a, in, a, in a screen and roll game, like Drew can't single-handedly shut down Trey Young anyway. Mm-hmm. And then when you have these like breakdowns against a guy like Trey, then you know you're, you're you're obviously not doing yourself any favors. You have to be locked in the entire time. So I mean, look, I'm I'm not gonna Drew is not the guy I'm gonna complain about tonight, especially given he was such a key guy offensively. Um, but, but certainly, you know, again, it's just that that's why young is so good. Cause he puts, he's constantly putting pressure on the defense and forcing you to make trade-offs and decisions that you don't want to make. And, you know, I, I'm just very curious to see what, uh, what they do in game game two. Cause I mean, it's not like they're going to bench Brooke Lopez for the entirety of the series. Right. Um, I think, I think, you know, people, people may say Drew, uh, Brooke, Brooke played too much tonight. I mean, again, he only played 20 minutes, right? So he really didn't even play that much. But they just really took advantage of him when he was on the floor. And, and so, again, I think the question is, you know, obviously you could say, okay, Brooke, play up a little bit higher. He can only play up so high because, again, you play too high, then Trey can either blow by you or he can, you know, Capella can run really hard to the rim and you can get those lobs, which means, you know, you need like Giannis or somebody on the backside coming over to help, which means, okay, then Trey's going to throw a cross-court pass into the corner to an, for an open three-point shot, right? So these are the tra- trade-offs that you have to make. And it felt like, I mean, I have to watch it again. It felt like, though, the Bucks basically decided, kind of like, in, in the, you know, in the one game Trey played this year, he just missed a ton of, like, open floaters 
right? What was he, 3 of 17 or something like that? Mm-hmm. And it kind of felt like the Bucks were like, all right, like we're going to play basically like that is representative of how you shoot floaters. And obviously he's a really good floater shooter and, you know, he started to really get rolling with that. So, um, so again, I mean, you know, there, there's not like, it's not like there's some easy way to stop Trey Young. <laughs> like, if defending Trey Young was easy because he's small, then he wouldn't be who he is and he wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't have done what he did the past two, two playoff series. Um, so there, there's not any like easy foolproof plan here. And I think obviously the, 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 the approach that worked the best in terms of forcing misses was the switching action we saw in the fourth quarter. Um, but as you also said, there, there's obviously is that trade off of, okay, now you're smaller. Well, you know, the Hawks big guys are going to go off, going to be able to outwork you for, for offensive rebounds. And, you know, interestingly, I mean, the Hawks were only 27% offensive rebound rate, Bucks only 23%. So neither team really had like big offensive rebound you know, percentage numbers, which again, I, I always like because it, it, it takes away sort of the, the bias of, of one team missing more shots than the other. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it just felt like uh, how many of those 12 came in the fourth quarter? It felt like at least half of them came during that span. And, um, you know, it, it's just a weird game because, I mean, like you said, it did not feel the, the intensity level just generally seemed way lower defensively from both sides than what we saw in that last series. And, um, you know, part of it is just, you know, the way Trey plays and the way you kind of hang back on him to take play, you're just going to look like you're not really trying as hard um, when, you know, that's not necessarily the case. But obviously, overall, um, you know, Atlanta shoots really poorly and still puts up a 115 offensive rating. Bucks shoot really poorly, put up a 112 offensive rating. Bucks 70 paint points tonight. Um <laughs> So, you know, let's just say that, you know, the Hawks' interior defense was you know, not exactly causing a lot of problems. Bucks had 15 fast break points, so they were able to get out a little bit, 15 to 10 edge there. Um, but, you know, that mid-range, that call it the floater plus mid-range game, 24 to 8 advantage for Atlanta, and that was ultimately the difference in the game. Frank, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, and they're in your pocket as well. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from your chain store or car dealership? They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find out the solutions to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box today. Now we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And don't forget about our great friends over at BetOnline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, whether it's MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, which isn't too far away. Shout out to Dave Bakhtiari for crushing another beer in the stands here tonight. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Ben Online, your online sportsbook expert. 
from the perspective of Giannis, uh, you already mentioned he still had 34 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists. It was certainly nice to see those assist numbers up. He was yeah, primarily a scorer in that series against the Nets. Of course, the Bucks haven't been hitting shots, which makes it a little bit difficult to rack up those big assist numbers. But 14 for 25 from the field, I would have to go back and watch, Frank, but would you say there was at least five bunnies missed? And when I say bunnies, I mean, maybe not a bunny for your everyday player, but for Giannis, bunnies. I mean, he missed a lot of layups in this game. And again, all those things do seem to add up. But if we're going to look at any positive, six for eight from the free throw line, knock down a couple of clutch ones late. But he definitely can get to his spots. As you said, the, the paint points certainly indicate that. And it wasn't just him. It was Holiday was able to get in there as well. And Middleton, who just couldn't hit a shot. But he was able to get what he wanted as well. So I think offensively, you do walk away from this game feeling fine that that overall the the series is is going to be fine you're going to be able to work your way in it didn't feel like the bucks were overmatched by any stretch of the imagination but again it's just an interesting challenge that atlanta present with the head of the snake being trey young but then all these other guys on the outside who as you mentioned didn't shoot the ball all that well for atlanta either bogdan bogdanovich i mean he is clearly limited out there i mean he's really really struggling he was bad in games six and seven in the series against philadelphia no, he wasn't good tonight. He looked limited. But this is the other problem with extending the series. You give him a chance to get healthy. Uh, Cam Reddish, we know, was was close tonight. He, he didn't get into the game. But he's probably going to play at some point during this series. So you just, by, by allowing this game to get away from you, you just extend the series and you give a team that you already know. I mean, we've already seen it. They're not going to go away. You give them a chance to sink their teeth into the series and it really all of a sudden makes game two an absolute must win. And it's a pressure-packed scenario for the Bucs. We, we shouldn't overplay that. I mean, this is a team that's, that was heavy favorites coming into this series, and now they find themselves on the back foot. Yeah, and just to close the thought, so Giannis was two out of six on jump shots tonight. Um, only two three-pointers. One of them was a half-court heave, so basically mm-hmm. took one three. Um, so he was 12 out of 19, basically, at the rim, right? Which is, you know, he's... Yeah, what was over eighty percent or wherever he was during the regular season that you know you, you expect him to be better. He missed, he had that one play in the second, missed like you know two consecutive like one foot layups basically right over the top of mini hook shots. So yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's good that obviously Giannis is just baseline like every game he just gives you like thirty to thirty five points at a minimum <laughs> at this point. Like I mean, what is what is he at now? Um, he was he's at. I guess six straight games of 30 plus, I think, because after the last five games of the last series and, and now this game. So, you know, it's great that he, that he gives you that. And, you know, the efficiency was there, made his free throws tonight, six out of eight, including hitting a pair with whatever it was, five seconds left, which, um, you know, cut the lead back to one. So that was certainly an encouraging thing to see. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely left some, some points on the, on the court and um, saw a lot of, you know, different defenders between, you know, Capella, some John Collins, um, some, uh, some Okongwu. Okongwu probably had like the best play against him. He blocked him, but Okongwu only played three minutes total um, all game. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think Giannis is going to see a lot of different guys. And um, I think, I think the biggest, you know, I think the biggest thing that the Bucks should just really, I think, I think what really sticks with you is like, you know, Atlanta did not shoot well tonight. And, you know, again, like I, Last series, the Nets struggled with shooting game to game. The Bucks shooting struggled more or less until game seven. 
Um, I, I feel like it's like we've been lulled into this false sense of just like, well, neither team is just going to shoot well ever. Um, and we saw it again tonight. But what if Atlanta hits 18 threes next game? Could happen. You know, I think they did something like that in game one in Philly and they won. Um, and, you know, it's just like those things that just sort of are kind of a little bit lucky night to night, like three-point shooting variants. Um, it's just very frustrating when you can't take advantage of your opponent struggling in that regard. Cause obviously, you know, Atlanta doesn't actually take tons of threes. I mean, you know, fitting of a Nate McMillan team, um, they don't shoot tons of threes. I think they're like 23rd or something like that in, in three pointers attempted during the regular season. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you just, you just wasted them not shooting well and, and not being at their sharpest. And um, you know, as, as you mentioned, I mean, Trey went one for nine to close the game. <laughs> you know, you had, they were, the locks really opened the door wide open for the Bucks to just close that game out. And the Bucks were on their way to doing that. I mean, they were, they were up multiple, you know, by two possession, had a two possession game for uh, a number of minutes there in the fourth quarter. And then, um, you know, just the, the inability to grab offensive rebounds was just really deflating. And um, suddenly they, they, you know, just struggled to, to, to get things going offensively. And, um, you know, Chris, Chris hit a couple of jumpers in early, kind of early in the fourth. And he felt like, okay, maybe he's, he's kind of get it going now. Um, but then, you know, multiple missed threes, uh, down the stretch and, um, you know, that it was just a killer, uh, just a killer night from Middleton offensively and obviously defensively a collective failure. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it's just, just one person. So, um, so yeah, you know, just when Bud felt like his, he'd kind of, um, put off people, you know, wanting to have his head on a stake, um, you know, it's right back into the, um, you know, right back into you know, people asking if Rick Carlisle can, can be hired before game two. <laughs> so, um, and you know, if, if Bucks lose, I mean, I think, I think Bud will be gone. Right. I mean, th- th- I think, I think that's, that's the thing with this series, um, you know, perception of Atlanta as good as, as well as they've played and as talented as they are, um, there's going to be no escaping, you know, um, a loss to, to the Hawks in this series. Right. It's not meant to dis- dis- as a diss to the Hawks, but, um, you know, it, it's going to take the Bucks. Bucks are not going to be able to, you know, if the Bucks play at a high level for this series, I don't think they're going to lose it. Um, and kind of we saw it tonight, you know, just again that just kind of snatching, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory in a, in a way that obviously it's a seven game series, but you, you can't afford to give away many of these. And Atlanta once again winning on the road in, in really impressive fashion. They did it three times uh, against. Uh, the Sixers, and now they do it again here in Milwaukee. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Just a couple final points here as we wrap this up. Bucks offensive rating of 113 tonight, which... uh, just goes to show you, I mean, again, you speak about the shooting, Frank. It's been three straight postseasons of poor shooting, so it's not like I'm out here expecting all of a sudden it's going to change. I've just, I'm almost at the point where the I just come to the conclusion Milwaukee are never going to shoot well from three in the playoffs. But if they do, they might score 150, Frank. I mean, 113 offensive rating. I mean, if you would have taken that in any of those games against Brooklyn, bar game seven, I think it was around the same mark there. So... Again, scoring wasn't a problem for this team. Certainly outside shooting absolutely was. You mentioned Mike Budenholzer. We said this before game one, Frank. There was nothing more predictable than Bud 
easing his way into the series with adjustments. This is what he does. It's like a new series starts and he goes, well, we've got plenty of cushion here, boys. Let's wait till we go down 2-0 and then we'll start doing some stuff. So we'll see what happens. I, I assume, and you already pointed to it and I 100% agree with you. I, I don't think that you would actually not start Brook. Like I don't see that's something that Bud's going to do. You would be in agreement there, despite the fact, again, as you've mentioned multiple times, he only played 20 minutes and Bud certainly realized late in the game that, he needed to be off the floor, but I don't think there's any chance he won't start. Yeah, just play. I mean, try playing him a little differently, right? Yeah. Playing him a little, a little higher up on the court. I mean, it doesn't mean he has to be like, you know, switching or, or doubling Trey or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, like this is not the first time Lopez has had to play against a pick and roll team, a pick and roll team, you know? Uh, so you, you have to, you have to make some tweaks and adjust different things and see if, um, you know, you can, you can be better in game two. And, and again, I think you also need to have a, a short leash with that too. Right. Um, and we'll see. Um, we'll see what kind of how, how, how it plays out. One more I've got for you. Bryn Forbes, 12 minutes tonight, five points, two for four from the field, one for three from three. Just a general question. I, I, I threw it in our DM. I think, I don't know if you saw it, but as I was watching this game, has Bryn Forbes in his life ever taken an easy shot? Is every single three-point that he yeah. attempts... Well, he had that one. He, the, one the one he hit tonight was actually he had a chance to measure it up, which was um, a rare thing, but it felt like that happened like you know once all series against Brooklyn. And, <laughs> um, and actually, just uh, one note here, because I, I didn't remember exactly, but so um, Seth Partner here was just tweeting, so... Trey coming back with 8.42 in the second quarter and the Bucks on offense. Drew Holiday is on the bench. T is in. Stoppage at 8.32 and Holiday comes back in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, you know, there was that 10-second span, but then Teague still guards Young. Score went from 38.29 to 43.39 at 6.18 when Teague was subbed out. So it's just like, you know, it's not just – like you literally had the option of defending Trey Young with, with Drew Holiday. And you yeah, chose, that was the point. no, we're going to go with Jeff Teague. It's just like – uh okay yeah i i and and that 10 second gap was a uh was a milwaukee offensive possession so as soon as he had a chance to get holiday in it was like why else was he so desperate to make the substitution if he wasn't going to put drew on Trey? like i mean it was just one of the more puzzling things i've seen from bud and there's been a few but uh, i just yeah, I mean, the urgency with which, if you go back and watch it, watch Bud. He nearly like throws his shoulder out. He swings his arm that high to try and get the sub in. And then, and then Drew didn't guard him anyway. I, I don't know. I mean, it was just a, a puzzling move from Bud. There's no doubt about that. But uh, yeah, we've, we've become used to it. But anyway, game two. These games are on every other day here. So we don't have too long to wait until game two at Fiserv Forum. A real shame, by the way, that the arena looked pretty empty tonight you know i mean these tickets aren't cheap it's been after a pandemic there's thousands and thousands of fans outside i, I don't know the full circumstance of why there were so many empty seats but geez with so many people outside you you wish they could find a way to get some of those people in the arena watching this game it's it's not a good look when you have so many empty seats there in the arena so i'm sure they'll say it was a sellout but it certainly didn't look that way on tv which is a shame for for a lot of box fans that probably would like to get into the game but anyway we'll roll on We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Bucks trailing 1-0. This is going to be a long series. Uh, We'll be able to break it all down further on the road to game two for Frank and myself. Have a good night. Speak to you guys tomorrow.